Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? Doing all right. Yeah. Doing all right. Yeah. It's it's Dusty Vampire Day, so I'm I, I'm kind of loving it. Yeah, this is yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about uh, genre bending horror movies with uh, Near Dark and continuing with vampires, which is maybe a little bit of a mal-aligned John Carpenter flick, but... I think there's some value to it. You know, it's a uh, it's a movie that people oftentimes will go, eh, I don't really need to check this out. It's it's on the uh, lower fifty percent of uh, Carpenter movies, but it's still not a bad movie per se. No, it's, maybe it's not as good as Escape from New York or Halloween, but it's still a pretty good movie. Um, the official summary: The church enlists a team of vampire hunters to hunt down and destroy a group of vampires searching for an ancient relic that will allow them to exist in sunlight. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Although I always find the whole religious aspect of this movie to be kind of cheesy. Like, especially when James Wood is like meeting with the uh, religious people, and it just seems so out of place in this movie. Like, really? Um. <laughs> Why we chose this one was actually funny enough, oddly, like very much requested by listeners. I think it's a, a cult Good. favorite with a lot of people. Um, but I was looking for a movie to pair with Near Dark because that one's my favorite. And I thought, you know what? This one uh, looks like a, you know, horror sort of uh, Western movie. So I'm like, yeah, this will pair well. And yeah, sure enough, it did. Um, first time we watched this, what was the first time? you guys watch this movie i saw this in theaters wow yeah again i'm i'm old guys <laughs> so yeah i yeah i i saw this uh, i won't say i saw this opening weekend but i saw this within the first few weeks nice of it being out yeah i guess 98 it's like not i mean it's not that long ago no um, was the marketing as explosive and action-packed as I think it was? At oh, have you have you watched the trailer? No, I haven't watched. Have the you seen trailer. the trailer for it? The trailer is fascinating. I, I was, I mean, I, I'm all, already. I was, I was a huge John Carpenter fan, so it was an easy sell for me. But I, we met. I managed to get a, a group of our friends to go that you know weren't as into movies as I were, and we had fun with it and it, the trailer is is a big selling feature i i think it's a well put together trailer cool and i mean so, let's let's face it james woods has never looked so badass as he is in this movie this i mean that first hero shot of him as they're as they're getting ready to to descend on the vampire house it it i mean that is some that is some heroic shots there and he's so badass even though he's such a piece of shit, yes, you are James Woods. You're a fucking piece of shit. You're a worm. But fuck, this movie's great. He yeah. has a literal like action movie hero boy moment mm-hmm. where he walks away from an exploding building with yeah. a cigar in his mouth. Like Hell that is yeah. a, a literal thing that happens in this movie. And you watch it and you go, "Fuck yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. what what Steve just did." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, exactly. And and I mean, um, 
I, I got a credit to that to all of his working with Oliver Stone as well to like have that cinematic knowledge because I, I, I don't think with without Oliver Stone, James Woods isn't the actor that he is. Mm. Um, but this this was this was his point to to kind of bring the 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 macho machismo on board and and to get all us young fanboys into his corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if- you know, so okay. I'm. This is the only time I'm going to bring up Twilight during this. I promise. <laughs> but like, you know how Stephanie Meyer writes Twilight, and it base the movie gets made, and it's like, okay, this is a fan fiction that was made into a movie. Yeah. This is like if a a, a male Stephanie Meyer wrote a Vampire Hunter movie, essentially. Yeah. Like, 100%. I am the main character. I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna get shit done. I attract all the hot women and I'm so good at everything and I walk away from bad things without looking at them because I'm just that badass. And I also watch... And, and I mean, it screams that I also watched a lot of Eastwood before this. Like, I watched yeah. a lot of Pale Rider. I watched Outlaw Josie Wales. I watched Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Like, I was... Like, cause this is, this is a gunslinger vampire movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. A more, a, way more so than near dark even is like, that's a dusty Western vampire movie. Yes. But this one is like that, the lone gunslinger hero version of that. Yeah. 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 yeah this movie, it, it, it feels a little bit too much at times. Like sometimes it just feels like there's just a lot going on in this movie. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's to its detriment sometimes, but yeah, there's times where like it kind of works, but there's a lot of times where it's just like, oh boy, you threw way too many darts at the dartboard today. Like you got to scale this back a little bit. But you know, I I did I did kind of like though similar to Near Dark uh, that we just talked about, but I I like the lore of the vampires again. I yeah. like that there's this whole. The Catholic Church created them, and, or created one, and now it's out of control. And it's, he's not a vampire in the traditional sense, in that he was just, you know, vampires have always existed. He's like this demon-possessed body or corpse of a priest, and now he's essentially what is known as the vampire. So they mm-hmm. kind of flip it a little bit, and I think I I like that they did that because I think it gives it a little bit more of a leg up. As opposed to just regular, you know, gun-toting, gunslinger action movies, right? It it does kind of take care of its plot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, and this was also the year of the Daywalker, nineteen ninety-eight, mm-hmm. because vampires came out this year and Blade came out this year. Oh uh, yeah. So it's the it's the yeah it's the year of vampires wanting to walk in daylight, and that's being their main motivation. Mm-hmm. So and again. A slight revitalization of the vampire genre. Yeah. So, yeah, this movie, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. But uh, when was the first time? Oh, Taylor, when was the first time you watched this movie? Oh yeah, I watched it for the podcast, like a lot of things. Funny <laughs> yeah. uh, if I watched it for the first time for the podcast too. Uh, I had seen bits and pieces, but I'd never have seen the full movie. So finally got to watch the full movie and. Uh, yeah, it was a. Really... You guys, did you guys watch it on Netflix? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Just... I dug out my because Show Factory put out a special edition of this movie just a few months ago. Nice. Ooh. And it's gorgeous. Everybody is gorgeous. Uh, just if you love this movie like I do, I recommend going to get it because it's totally worth it. 
and just another Carpenter movie that Shout Factory has done just a bang-up job on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, cover art for the Blu-ray is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, adding to that badass machismo shit. And uh, I also have to mention that if you're a Sons of Anarchy fan, uh, watch for him quickly, but Mark Boone Jr. is in this movie. Yeah. Best kill in the movie is... Oh, fuck. It's so good. Uh, that's my... That, like, I, I've already said that's my favorite scene in this movie. Wait, I, I don't recognize the actor because I don't watch Sons of Anarchy, but I'm just going to guess. Is the, is the kill you're talking about, like... The, the one where they're in the hotel room? Yep. The vampire? Okay, yeah. okay. And he opens yep. the door, and he just gets cut in half, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. We're, I think we're all on the same page for that, then. Sweet. Um, yeah, uh, got a couple emails here. Jason says, this was my breaking point for Carpenter. Loved his work in the 80s and some of the stuff in the 90s, but not as much. Watching this made me realize he's not as great as I think some people think he is. Jason. Oh, I don't know. I think it's like any director, you know, eventually they kind of run out of steam and, you know. I feel like he said Ghosts of Mars wrong. Yeah. Ghosts of Mars was terrible. That was Absolutely. He gave up halfway into that movie. You can see the line where he gives up. Yeah. Like, that movie is a fucking mess. It's a horrendous mess. You can even see Jason Statham's hairline recede in that movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fucking mess, and uh, that's that was the breaking point for me with Carpenter. It def, I, I mean, he's still hugging that genre line so beautifully in, in Vampires that I think you have to kind of give it that props, and the fact that he didn't write this movie. So I, I mean, he's taking liberties, he's changing stuff here and there, and but he also is in the constraint of having to make this movie that's also based on a, a novel as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah he um yeah i think like for the most part like yeah ghost of mars was his last big movie i th- hmm. the ward was the ward i don't remember liking either and that was what like 2010 yeah that's well that's also because amber hers just not very good let's uh, face it he's amber. not very good yeah, that's a touchy subject these days. Uh, oh, she's a fucking psychopath. I'm gonna say it here. Uh, fuck, she's she ruined Johnny Depp's career. Oh yeah, well, and that was her intention. Even if it all gets found out, the damage is done, and she's ruined mm-hmm. his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and you know what? My opinion on it is is you know he made many great movies that still live on if you don't like some of his later movies then just don't watch them go watch some of the yeah. later stuff like that's yeah it's not like it takes away from those movies like they still exist so yeah and that, that i think maybe that's kind of the issue i'm having with this 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 email that we're talking about here is like this movie was so not to your liking that it made you think retrospectively about john carpenter's career and think that he's not a good filmmaker i have I take issue with that. Yeah. You know what? I agree that, like, some of his later stuff is not, just not that great. Like, yeah, The Ward, not great. The Ghost of Mars, not great. I can see, yeah, this being a bit of a start of the decline. I still think this movie no. is watchable. It's still... I, but... I, I think this movie's not bad. It's got its issues, but, yeah. like, yeah. it's a fun movie. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. And, and I mean, he did do interesting stuff beyond that, because it... it there was a series called Masters of Horror that he did episode one called Cigarette Burns, 
that movie is fuck I mean that little episode short film is it's fucking cool. Like I really dug it. It's like a like and and it's kind of at its heart about cinema too and it's just such a fitting film fitting film for him to do. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I just have real issue by of of saying because of vampires that that the rest of his catalog looks crummy in comparison. Yeah. And I think he just is happy doing his soundtrack work now, which is what he's primarily doing and you know what like mm-hmm. he's always liked making soundtracks and now he gets to do that, so good for him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh and and I mean Halloween bringing his collab back into it is just like oh. Yeah. So perfect. Uh, also making me sad thinking about Halloween Kills now. Oh yeah. That's What's it. the buzz on that recently? Is it's it? been moved to 2021, October 2021. Oh, October of 2021. Yeah, that's even farther away than I thought. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's been shifted hugely. So, uh, hold, question: When January comes around next year, can we just say it's 2020 again? Like, does it really matter? <laughs> Did it cancel the year out? Yeah. Almost, but I'm still going to be a year older. So no, 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 no. See, that's the thing. <laughs> we yeah. just pretend it's like that year in Doctor Who where we just no, it didn't happen. No, it just uh, erased 2020 from everyone's memory. Yep. Um, Wade's well, underrated vampire movie, in my opinion. Wonder why no one talks about this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I uh, I, and I'm. And I mean, we, we've we've already talked about how badass James Woods in this, but let's flip the coin here. Thomas Ian Griffith is awesome in this movie. Yeah, Jan Valak is such an awesome character, and he rocks it from that moment where he's walking, where you just see his feet when he's walking up, and it pans up to his like face, and it's mm-hmm. just such a cool reveal with the the spidery gray, uh, green veins and everything, because he has just climbed out of the ground and shit. Like, oh. Yeah. And and I, I really couldn't tell you anything else the guy has done beyond this movie. But oh man, is he good. I think he was in a karate kid movie actually, but Yeah, I think he was the villain in Karate Kid Three. <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah, I mean I, 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 I'm not really on board with the guy other than that, but oh man, this this role is just like perfect. So well done. Yeah, he stopped acting in like two thousand and seven. His last thing was the kidnapping, which is a TV movie. So. Oh fuck! Um, Badass and vampires, man. I'm yeah. surprised that with, with this movie they didn't end up making the sequel. I mean, it's probably just because they couldn't get the same actors. But like, they set mm-hmm. it up perfectly end for a sequel where he goes down and like hunts his buddy. You know? Yeah. But that was my that was my disappointment. But I, I, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that sentence. I started it and then I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I do really like the uh, priest in this. Um, Timothy Guinea? I think his name oh, is. oh the, Tim Guinea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Archivist guy that comes along with them. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Man. Anytime they bring along an archivist or a librarian, I get excited. So. <laughs> the personal it, connections. Yeah, exactly. And he becomes such a badass throughout the movie, too. Yeah, was, he, doesn't, he doesn't just stay as, like, the nerdy kid. He actually gets to, like, do stuff. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also, Very much love uh james woods like oh did you get a little bit of wood from that like like with him it's just like it's so stupid but it's always so funny every time mm-hmm. there are so many quips like that in this that's one of the reasons that i'm like yeah this this kind of seems like it's like a fan fiction written by a teenage boy instead because there were so many lines like that that i was like such a such a cliche action movie type guy you know 
-hmm. but it works like it's 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 surprising I thought that I was going to dislike this movie by the end of it because of how much eye rolling I was doing for some of those lines. Mm-hmm. But it their characters actually work like in the atmosphere of the movie. They're like super machismo and like over the top, but that's so is kind of everything else that's happening. So it mm-hmm. totally fits. Yeah. Cool. Um best line in this movie. Do you have a favorite line? I, I I can't say that the script is really this movie's strong point at all. Everybody has like like Taylor said, very cliched teenage boy lines in this one, and Jack Crow is just full of these like ultra macho lines throughout it. Even when he's describing like vampire history or anything like that, is just yeah, is it's just really like cornball kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. you know. You ever seen a vampire? No, I haven't. Well, they're not romantic. It's not like they're a bunch of fucking fags hopping around in rented formal wear and seducing everybody in sight, which I feel like, honestly, that's like James Woods to a T. (laughs) Saying saying something like that. Like, I even feel dirty just saying that line. I I just, I do not like that line at all. Uh, it, it, It was interesting, though, because it was almost like, I could definitely see how there are some people that would identify with that role, but otherwise you're kind of looking at it and laughing at it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like most of the, the lines that I wrote down are those cliche rat lines, but I wrote them down because they were funny to me when they were delivered. Right. Yeah. Or, or like just so over the top that like, it, there's just a couple points where Jack as a character is just hopping around yelling at people while they're shooting at people yeah. and just yelling like macho lines at people literally not doing anything his whole point of being there is just to be the badass who yells things at people like that it's opening just, scene is exactly that yeah that's exactly what i put down i, I yeah. wrote something down like why he's not even helping them he's just standing there yelling at them to kill her <laughs> anyways yeah um i would say the closest thing would be let me ask you one thing after 600 years how's that dick working pretty good <laughs> He's so interested in other dudes' fuckability. Yeah. Or like when he asks the uh, the archivist guy uh, if he got wood after he, uh, I think the, the first mahogany, time I can't remember what I, it was. Ebony. Yeah, yeah. The, the second time after he killed the vampire, that was <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah, the part at the end is always the one that cracks me up. Like, yeah, when he's like, "Oh, did you get a little wood, mahogany? Excuse me, ebony? What teak?" And it's just. It, yeah, it's so weird, and it just kind of goes on slightly too long. But I think that's why. Yeah, it's so funny. I agree. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just it's so interesting because I feel like I should be more annoyed by this movie than I am, but there's there's just something about it that has a charm to it. Yeah, for sure. it's a product at its time that won't like because within a few years after that, you wouldn't see a, a script like this. Mm-hmm. Like it would be under a lot more scrutiny. So yeah, this is this is very indicative of the end of the '90s. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, it it is tropey in a way that the the maybe the really only female character, other than some offshoot vampires that come up, um, she doesn't really get to do anything in the movie other than be weak and at the mercy of her. I don't want to say captors, but that's essentially what they are. They're just using her as a conduit to find this main big bad guy dude she still seems like super badass and i like obviously i have a little bit of bias because i do really like twin peaks so when i see actors crossover i get Mm -hmm. a little excited 
Um, but uh, she kind of turned into like a badass at the end when she turned into a vampire. But I wish she got to do a little more throughout the movie because she was pretty cool. Well, I mean, why didn't Cheryl Lee get more work? She is so, I mean, she is so full of atmosphere. She is, she had the look so much. Like she is so haunting. There's so much about Cheryl Lee that I absolutely love. And I have since I, uh, my addiction of Twin Peaks started. (laughs) And uh, I mean, I always thought that Kyle MacLachlan was going to become a huge star from it, that Cheryl Lee was beca- going to become a huge star, that Machen and Mick was going to become a huge star. And it never happened the way I really wanted it to. And this movie is is, is just like such a, a front piece for, for Cheryl Lee and how amazing she is. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, best performance in this movie. Jimmy. James yeah. Woods. I mean, as much as I hate the guy as a human yeah, being, yeah, he's a problematic individual. But you know what? We we you know let's let's ignore some like ninety percent of the stuff he says on Twitter, if not a hundred percent, and we'll just you know focus on what he what he does in this movie. You know, some yeah, people should just not be on social media. And James Woods, oh boy, is a hundred percent one of them. Yep. Yeah, I feel like James Woods probably didn't have to work very hard to act in this movie. Like it's it's. I would well, agree with that. Yeah, I I he he kind of just got the idea of the character and just went with it, and I think that maybe wasn't a difficult task for him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I want to say Cheryl Lee just because I feel like everyone else was maybe the the archivist. I'm terrible at actor names. I'm sorry. Tim Gwynn. Um, yeah. um, but Thomas Eamon Griffith as well. Like he's he's. I mean, he is the other half that makes this movie so formidable. I think True. is yeah. is that that John Valak performance is so fucking great. It's also borrowing from so many of the vampire cliches at the same time that he makes work so well. Because Carpenter wanted to get away from anything that you thought when it came to to traditional vampires, yeah. uh, and and I think he is kind of the center of the history of vampires and mm-hmm. he d- works it so well. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think I'm going to go with, with him then. Cause I agree with that. I think the, the, yes, there's the action and the, the cool stuff there, but I think him as the vampire and all of that backstory, that is so cool in this movie. And I, it definitely does change how you think about vampires in terms of how they are in this universe. And I, I really like that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's got to be James Woods in this, even though, yeah, he's just. Although I do like the archivist, that guy's pretty funny in this. Yeah, and it's funny because he just uh, it was playing it played Viff last year, but he did a local uh, a movie local to my area called Ash about uh, forest fires that takes place in Peachland Summerland area. Oh, yeah. So I, I think that's that's very interesting. Yes, yeah, the last uh, actually it comes out as we're recording it. It comes out this Friday. Uh, in limited release, so interesting. It's it's very it's very funny that that we're covering this movie when that movie's coming out. Yeah. Um. All right. Um, best kill in the movie. I think we've already decided, at least between uh, Steve and I, that uh, the dude getting split down the middle, the hotel yeah. room, is the best kill. Yeah. As yeah. soon as that happened, when I was watching it, I wrote it down under the best kill. <laughs> yeah. 
I was I was kind of hoping there would be uh, maybe something equally as gruesome at some point, but I don't really remember if there was. So no, I, I honestly I think they kind of pop out in that hotel scene. Yeah. Yeah. Or the motel, we'll call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was just. Yeah. There, there's. I think also too, it works because like you're at a point in the movie where like yeah, you need some serious shit to go down. So having mm-hmm. a dude cut in half, that's definitely gonna start the plot along. Uh, dumbest decision in this movie, aside from casting James Woods. Uh, <laughs> uh, <coughs> <coughs> uh, Honestly, uh, it's on Carpenter, and it's just, it it needed his punch-up. The fact that he didn't revise the script at all, I think, is the biggest mistake mm-hmm. of this yeah. movie. Because uh, he just, it didn't, it didn't have enough of that Carpenter edge on it. I mean, it has the score, um, which it feels like he's going outside of his wheelhouse in the score, especially in that be- those beginning notes of, of the film. Um, it just, it didn't have enough of that carpenterism. And I think that was, that was the biggest mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think this movie could have really benefited from, yeah, just being a little more cohesive, just being a little bit more put together. Um, mm-hmm. but plot wise, I mean, not suspecting the church, the people who are sending you on this mission, at least to some slight degree, was kind of like, uh, that's a little questionable, but... Yeah, especially considering they were the ones that caused the problem in the first place. Yeah, that was a little... It's like, it's, it's kind of obvious maybe they're trying to cover some more stuff up, but... Oh, well. That's, that was, I think, maybe... I can't really think of anything for this movie, because it was all just kind of like... Everything had to happen for the main here to do stuff, but... I mean, come on, Catholic Church. Maybe don't do. Maybe don't use mm-hmm. evil old exorcism spells that you are banned. That's that's the biggest dumbest decision. Mm-hmm. All right, I think it's time to rate this movie. What would you guys give us a score of? I'm gonna go with a seven because I still enjoy this movie despite its faults. Um, it's still like I don't know. I I feel like I can look past a, a lot of the things in it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm gonna revise a seven point five. Seven point five is my final. Okay. I I would agree. Like, it almost kind of makes me angry how it feels so easy to be able to just dismiss all the bad things because this movie was a hoot to watch. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun, and I think maybe part of the fun was because every time a dumb line came up or a thing came up, I was just like, like I could laugh at it. It mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Maybe maybe there is just a an air that you you don't necessarily take too much of it seriously as you're watching it, so it doesn't seem. I don't know, but I I think seven it lands right for me too. Yeah, I'm actually at an eight. I'm slightly higher. I uh, I always I just this movie was fun. It was a good time. It's not like I can tell in some ways it's a bad movie, but it's also like so bad it's kind of slightly good. Um, and I see there's sequels to this movie now, and it's like really questioning. Funny enough, yeah, how the we... Los Muertos with John Bon Jovi and <laughs> Natasha Gregson Wagner. Diego Luna's in that movie too. What the hell? Yeah. Also, what's weird too is okay, so Tommy Lee Wallace directed Halloween three, took over from John Carpenter for who did the first two movies, uh, and then 
Or actually, no, I don't think John Carpenter did second Halloween, did he? No. No. No, he didn't. Uh, but took over kind of pseudo from that franchise. And then Vampires, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace takes over from John Carpenter. <laughs> although this one doesn't seem as good as Halloween 3. It's got like 2.1 as the average score on Letterboxd. So. He's the uh, he he's the fanfic protege. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace is always like, "Hey, John Carpenter, what do you have for me? What can I take over from you?" Um, but yeah, cool. Uh, well, Steve, where can people find you? Yeah, I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dad. I'm also on uh, Letterboxd, although I'm grossly behind on on a lot of uh, reviews there. Uh, and then the website is stevestebbing.ca, uh, which I keep that updated every week. And then I am on The Shift on the Chorus Entertainment Radio Network, uh, 11 p.m. Pacific time. You can check me out there uh, for about half an hour or so. Thanks. And then uh, Edmonton on uh, 6.30, Ched, uh, every the last Friday of every month, I give you a breakdown of the entire month with Jill and I. I have a lot of fun talking with her. And that's it so far. I'm working on some other stuff right now, but I can't really divulge more than that. Nice. Taylor, what about you? Um, pretty much just social media right now. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd. My username is CirceAnnick. Nice. And I'm over on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt. I'm over on Letterboxd, Fatal Cola, then 3 com. You find all the other podcasts. Including, I should also mention, did a uh, podcast called First Friday, where me and somebody who's never watched the Friday the 13th movies go through each and every one. And it was an interesting experience. Uh, you know, ends up, most of the movies I think are ended up, are pretty terrible. They ended up thinking were pretty terrible, too. So, worked out pretty, pretty closely. Um, yeah, until next time, everyone. Bye for now.